Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. I uh, hope you're all doing very well. Uh, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. This is Legends of the Spire, uh, where I speak to the former players and managers of Chesterfield Football Club. At least that's what I usually do. This week it's something a little bit different. First off, I hope you all enjoyed the episode with George Carline last week. Uh, if you've not already seen it, then have a look back on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It was really good to have a catch up with him uh, about his career so far, time at Chesterfield and uh, about what's happening now with him at Brackley. Uh, but this week I spoke to Holly Bacon. Now Holly uh, is a well-known uh, voice around the town uh, and she is a sports journalism student just starting her second uh, year. Um, she's been doing bits of work with places like Derbyshire Media Company, um, she's had placements with Morecambe uh, and also bits for the uh, non-league paper um, and a few newspapers as well. Uh, so a really promising start to her uh, journalistic career and I thought it would be really good to just have a chat with her about the process uh, of starting a career in sports journalism. Uh, I know there's loads of people uh, in Chesterfield and that support the town uh, that are fancying a career in that. Um, so this is kind of the nuts and bolts of how it all works. As always, uh, I'm at Spire Legends on Twitter and Instagram and Legends of the Spire on Facebook, so please do get in touch. But thanks very much for Holly uh, for coming on the podcast. Great to speak to her, and I'm sure we'll catch up again before the season's out. So here we are with the latest episode of Legends of the Spire. We're talking sports journalism this week with Holly Bacon. So thanks for thanks for coming on and having a chat. I thought it'd be interesting because uh, obviously I've seen quite a lot of what you've done on uh, on social media and stuff, and you seem to pop up everywhere. So you're obviously uh, doing lots of different things in different directions, giving everything a try. So it'll be interesting because there's a lot of people that are obviously uh, trying to follow the same same path as well. So so you're at the so you're a trainee sports journalist, yeah, at yeah. Uh, University of Central Lancashire. Um, so what year are you in now? Um, next week I'll start my second year. Okay. So how's it been so far? Yeah, it's been really good overall. Um, I'd definitely say that moving from a tiny town like Bakewell, where I live, to a place like Preston's a big change and it was weird to kind of adjust at first. Um, but overall, it's, it's been really good my first year. I've taken lots out of it and... They have like really good work experience opportunities and stuff like that, which I'm sure that we'll come on to. Um, but yeah, it's a really good practical hands on course. And there's a big focus on um, wanting to make their students like good all round journalists, which I think is something that's very desirable, you know, in this day and age to, to employers. You know, there's people who are obsessed with writing and radio, but, you know, having skills in every area is really important, I feel. Yeah, when I was talking to Adam Summerton, he was very much like that. He was like, yeah, you've just got to, everyone's now got to be a, a print journalist and a commentator and a, you know, and a blogger and a blogger and a this and a that, all, all kind of at the same time, just because uh, I suppose you have to give stuff a try, don't you? But as well, there's opportunities coming in various different directions and quite a competitive market as well. Yeah, really competitive. I think like when I first like started I probably didn't know how competitive it was um but I suppose it makes sense because you know ev everyone who's a football fan you know wants to be in and around it and 
you know it's the same with other sports as well um but I think it it just shows like how how difficult work it is and stuff and you know to try and make it to the top it's gonna take so much work like even just where I've got to now you know in my second year I've I've done so much even before I went to university you know I've put a lot of hard work in like just to get to where I am so I think it shows how much it's going to take to you know make a full-time career out of it because that's the the dream obviously like just to be paid to watch sport I think is the best job in the world really. Where did it start for you then so where does the love of sport come from? Yeah it's just always been in me really like there's no kind of like penny drop moment you know there's no goals or games or anything that I can pick out but um my dad's taken me to watch Chesterfield since I was about four um I don't remember my first few games the first few years really are, are all a blur uh, but he used to lift me over the turnstile at Saltergate and I used to get him for free um, <laughs> in the early days um and yeah it all pretty much stemmed from there I just I just started going and I regularly went to away games as well and I love like the traveling aspect of it like going to different grounds and counting how many I've been to and yeah stuff like that and you know it's it's just it it started from going to games and it's you know never stopped it's amazing those things that come along that like a football being a football fan like the match is obviously a huge part of the day but there's so other like one of the my biggest saltgate memories actually just the walk to the ground just because it was like on top of the hill and there's all those iconic things that you went past like on the way that become really familiar like the walk to and in the ground like when I left saltgate that was the thing that I missed was like the walk to saltgate um and I, I suppose it changes but uh but yeah that's it's a it's quite captivating isn't it sport once you once it gets into your bloodstream Definitely. And I think um, like the whole experience of it, not necessarily what was on the pitch was probably what got me hooked at first as like a, a tiny little child, like the atmosphere and, you know, going with the same people, you know, even the people I was going with then, I still go with now, what, 15 years on. Um, and yeah, like Saltergate was just a, a special ground, wasn't it? Definitely night games. My first memory of Saltergate uh, was a night game. I think it was against Grimsby. And we used to sit on the Compton Street and the, the players were warming up and the ball came over, like, and I passed it back to a Grimsby player, which is such a weird thing to remember. It's like my first memory of Saltergate. Um, but like, yeah, those floodlights and yeah, just, just the ground. It was a special ground, wasn't it? And in a way, like, it's a shame that I was so young and I didn't get to experience as much of it because, you know, now the kind of grounds that I like, uh, like old fashioned grounds like that, like Goodison Park is is probably my favourite. Um, and like Oldham just recently, like, you know, traditional, you know, like proper grounds like that. I really love. Good old corrugated. <laughs> corrugated yeah, iron. Proper grounds. <laughs> <laughs> proper grounds. So, so when did you start thinking about it then as a kind of, career opportunity and thinking about doing it as a university degree and stuff like that yeah I think mainly when I was at school um and you know like teachers are, are pushing like what kind of things that you want to do and people have always say like you know do what you're passionate about do what you love and for me all it ever was was football and sport more generally as well so it just seemed like the the natural option really um to go down that path and you know I've never had like any contacts like an uncle that works at the BBC you know like some people do I've never had any of that um and 
you know, I, I saw an advert um, that Derbyshire Media Company were like looking for people to help contribute. And I thought that could be like a, a good sort of stepping stone for me. You know, I never thought I'd get to cover like Chesterfield or anything like I eventually did. Um, but I thought that would be a good little foot in the door and, you know, to start doing a little bit of things um, to help towards that. And then when you actually start uh, covering bits of Chesterfield, and you have to go to a match in a different capacity. Like I sometimes have this because I've I always wanted a career in the arts and I managed to get one, which was great. But like I find if I go to a cinema or a gallery or something like that, you maybe approach it in a slightly different way than you did before you ended up like working in that sector because you're just looking through things in a work angle sometimes. And obviously, when you're a you go in there in a journalistic capacity, you've got a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> be focusing on you can't necessarily jump up and down and celebrate for the goal because you're kind of focusing on oh, I don't know I have done that a few times <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how how did you find it when you first started doing that yeah it was just surreal really um the first game that I covered um was Barrow away it was the first season that Chesterfield came down to the National League um obviously Martin Allen was in charge uh, we won the first three games uh, and then it was Barrow away um, and we lost that one 3-2. Uh, but it was just like dead surreal, um, like to even like be close to the players and, you know, with the people who were interviewing the manager after and stuff and recording it on my phone. It was just, you know, really strange to be around that. Um, but I got such a buzz from like doing my first like match report and putting it out there and that being my work up there. And, you know, I think you know that buzz is something that like never gets old when you when you have work that's published and and you know it's kind of addictive and and that was the first thing that you know really excited me and and yeah it was just mainly surreal really but it just gave me a drive to to carry on and and do more. Hmm. So who were your kind of uh who have you been your like favorite players then in your time of supporting Chesterfield if you go back to being a fan? For a minute yeah I definitely have to say Jack Lester um so. when I was young he was the man wasn't he um yeah certainly Jack would be definitely up there for me but then in terms of the highs when I've been supporting Chesterfield so we've got winning the league title under Sheridan and Cork obviously the Johnson's paint um win as well so like Gary Roberts Owen Doyle um and then more recently Tom Denton um I really liked Denton and his goals have been so important for us he's underrated and I think fans do now appreciate how important he was uh, in that time and um, yeah there's there's loads that stick out Tommy Lee as well obviously he was with the club for for such a long time and seeing him in, in goal when I was growing up and stuff it was fantastic obviously he was a fantastic keeper uh, but yeah there's quite a lot it's been such a, a turbulent time and we've had so many highs at the start of that there's plenty of players to pick from isn't there it certainly is yeah, for me, it was probably, I think I was like Steve Blatherwick was probably the first that I remember like going and having my pitch taken with Steve Blatherwick and being like really excited about it. And then I, at the same time, I had my pitch taken with uh, Wayne Allison uh, and I actually crouched, I'm six foot five. So I actually, I crouched down in the photo because he was, I, I always looked at him on the pitch and he looked like such a giant, of like a forward. And then I went to get my pitch taken with him and I was like, four inches taller than him <laughs> it's like so I was like I'm really sorry Wayne but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to bend down to have my pitch taken with you and he was like okay 
After surviving a relegation scare on the very last day of the previous season, thanks to a 1-0 win over Luton Town, Chesterfield were hoping for an easier passage this time round, and they got off to a good start. Wayne Allison pounced to give them the first half lead after the move had been started by Derek Niven. Caleb Folan made it 2-0 when he headed home from close range midway through the second half, after some superb play down the right by Mark Allett, who squeezed past two Brentford defenders. Mark Allett created Chesterfield's third goal when he exposed the Brentford defence yet again, before feeding substitute Chaman Toya, who cut inside and fired home from the edge of the area. So, you started then your course kind of last so it was kind of a, a year ago then wasn't it um yeah, pretty much to, to this time yeah so in terms of then applying for the process to get onto that course did you have to submit pieces of work as part of that application or was it like a results-based one um yeah not to get onto the course it was mainly results-based um so I did I went to Buxton College and did a, a media BTEC there um, and my, my results allowed me to allow me sorry to get onto that course um I had to do like an informal zoom interview um as part of it but it was just very chatty and it was basically the lecturers uh, getting to know me and what I was like and and things like that so yeah it was um it was quite you know easy to get onto as long as I, I got the results and what are the rest of the students like are they a good bunch yeah, well, two of them are Chesterfield fans, which is oh, pretty mad um, for, a, for a course up there. I was so shocked when I found that out. And there's someone from Alfreton on there as well. So there's a big Derbyshire contingent, which is quite interesting. Uh, but yeah, every, everyone's brilliant, really. And what's the, what's the split like in terms of like, because obviously you're a, uh, you're a woman going, coming into this industry and it's obviously a time in which uh, getting better representation of, of women in the sport. Um, so what's it like the split in the course? Yeah, it's still um, quite a big split. Uh, there's four girls on my course uh, and I think the class is about 30. So obviously that's quite a big gap. But um, yeah, everyone's brilliant and, and welcoming as you'd expect them to be. Uh, but I think definitely as, as the years go on and I feel like after this summer and how amazing it's been for women in sport, I think there'll be a, a bigger push um, to having more girls want to do those careers and I guess feel like they can as well because you know you've got to see things to believe you can do them. So what's your placements been like then? So I know you're doing work for more you've been doing work for more haven't you? Yeah yeah that one came about um, a couple of weeks after I started the course and um, the club have a really good relationship with UCLan. Uh, the media officer went there and a lad who's in third year now he works for them as well um, part-time uh, so you know they they trust that the students are going to be good um, and one of my lecturers helped me um, like set that up and you know I went to the ground and had a chat with them sent them some of my previous work and um, and yeah I just started contributing from there really and um, I mainly do uh, like the written side of things so match reports previews uh, quotes pieces and just helping you know wherever they need a hand really and um, I think it was it's good to like go away from like the Chesterfield beat in a way and and cover a different club uh, because I feel like it's a little bit of like a safety net covering a club that you support because you know plenty about about them you don't need to do much research things like that and um, so yeah it's been really rewarding going up there and you know they're a really nice welcoming club um, who've you know done really well to get into league one and um 
when I first met Matt and Ryan, they brought the trophy as well into uni that uh, Morecambe obviously won uh, when they got promotion to League One. So yeah, I've, I've been there at a good time for the club, really. And then I'm looking forward to doing a bit more work with them this season. I just always get flashbacks to that 4-3. Oh, I know. I went to that. <laughs> yeah, a few of them like reminded me of that. <laughs> there was a guy after the match. I don't know if anyone else saw him in a mobility scooter just going around all the Chesterfield fans as they were coming out of the turnstiles, just, just shouting 4-3. Uh, it was a very surreal moment, but yeah, what an odd match that was. I've sp- whenever I speak to any players that are in that squad, I always mention the 4-3 to see what they remember of it. And oh, it was just yeah. A- the way that we played as well, I remember at half-time thinking, God, you know, this could be five or six here. And then it's just long balls, wasn't it? I seem to remember. It was a long time ago, but... Yeah, God, one, I'll never forget that one. I think it was Ian Ebbett's first match back as well, wasn't it? Maybe around that time. Yeah, yeah it feels like about slightly that off the pace. <laughs> oh God. And it was it was even weirder that that happened last season with Doncaster and Morecambe as well. Because obviously Gary McSheffrey, he played for us that day and then he was managing Doncaster and they were 3 0 up and lost 4 3 against Morecambe, which to have it once, but to have that happen twice is pretty mad, isn't it? It is, yeah, not arse. Is Barry Roach still there? He is, yeah. He's um he's the goalkeeping coach. I've I've not spoke to him uh, since I've been there, but it, it'd be nice to have a chat with him because mm. he was in goal most of the time when I was growing up, really, watching town at Saltergate. So um so what else have you so what else have you done then? I've seen other bits, so you've done kind of bits in the telegraph as well, and the football and the football Yeah, paper. um yeah, I had a placement at the telegraph this summer. Um, on their sports desk it was two weeks so it was a good period of time where I could like get well acquainted with the place and the people I were working with Um, and I did a story about um, county cricket and like the way that the test team were playing at the time and you know that they could take inspiration from that and to inject a bit more life into it Um, and I interviewed Sam Northeast for that uh, which was really cool Um, and it was fantastic to get the byline as well in a national newspaper that was a really great moment um, but yeah, I was doing stuff like live blogs um, and loads of different really bits, really. Yeah, it was a really good two weeks and I got some nice feedback at the end and like the statistics of how well the stuff that I put out did. So it was really rewarding in that sense that I knew like how I'd done. That's good. I've seen Gregor back right in there again, isn't he? I'm not sure. I know um I know he does some bits for the Times. Oh, is it the Times? Um, the Times yeah. yeah, it might be. Yeah, he might be. He could be writing for the Telegraph as well. Um, but yeah, I interviewed Gregor Robertson uh once for the um for the Derbyshire Times. I think I was asking him about the new ownership. I think it was just when the trust took over. Um and I asked him a bit about like his his playing time and and what he thought about that because I think he's he wrote a few few things about Chesterfield. Obviously, when we had those difficult few years, well, that's an understatement, isn't it? But mm-hmm. um, and he, yeah, he was really great. He gave me some nice advice, and he was great to talk to. Who's been Who's been the easiest player to talk to then? That you've kind of that you've kind of spoken to. Yeah, to be honest, like I've not um, interviewed that many players. Um, I've interviewed um, quite a few managers, and I'd probably say Martin Allen was the easiest person that um, I've interviewed. 
I think at the, t- at the time it was like when I was just starting out and I used to go to the press conferences and asking my own set of questions and let's be honest they probably weren't the best set of questions which I'm happy to admit but you know he never like tried to be clever or make me look silly and he was just like really nice and supportive and obviously at that stage I really appreciated that. Um, and he just made it dead easy for me, which was nice. But um, I've interviewed Tom Denton, who was really lovely. Um, I spoke to Jonathan Smith as well. Um, he was really good. We yeah. did that over Zoom uh, for a college project. And yeah, like I've I've never had any bad experiences with interviews or anything. Um, and certainly like ones to do with Chesterfield, everyone's been really nice and accommodating. There was three blokes as I was getting out the team coach on Saturday. One of them was a skinhead who had a tattoo on his neck. Another one, I can't remember him exactly. If this was Crime Watch, I'll be struggling. And then the other one was a Tom Denton lookalike, but a miniature. He had Tom's head, but didn't have his length. And I said to them fellas, after the game, I'll buy you a pint if we win. And they were waiting outside the players' entrance for when I'd finished with my players and the media and all that sort of stuff. And the three fellas were waiting there for a pint. Now, I'm going to keep that offer going to those three fellas. I will definitely buy them a pint when uh, when we get that win and I hope they're outside by that player's entrance waiting because uh, I can't wait to see them. And the non-league paper as well? Yeah, uh, that kind of started, like, the, I think it was the summer before I went to uni. So it was, like, unfortunate timing um, and... Uh, the guy rang me up and like wanted me to do the reports um, but I, I didn't want to say no because I was going to uni and it was such a great opportunity so I kind of agreed to to do a few games but with me being busy and being up in the northwest it never came to fruition but I did uh, the Bromley game we were 2-0 up uh, that one where we drew 2-2 Michael Cheek scored two he always scores against us um, so yeah it was certainly an eventful game to cover and um yeah, for that, I got some some quotes after the game and stuff. And Andy Woodman, he's was the Bromley manager then and still is. And he was very nice. Um, and yeah, it was it was nice to write for them. And I probably would like to again in the future. Um, you know, I, I like non-league football generally, not just Chesterfield. But I think us coming down to this level has made me appreciate it a bit more and like have a bit more respect for it, even though, you know, I try and keep tabs with the local non-league teams like Matlock and Buxton. Um, I think once your team are actually at this level, you know, teams like Bromley and um, like Maidstone that you don't know much about, it makes you have a bit more respect for them and an interest. Yeah, definitely. It takes a while, doesn't it, when you when you get relegated to this level to kind of adjust to the fact that you're all kind of, equal and at the same level for a reason it's like that leveler isn't yeah it? certainly it felt like a bit of an adventure at first like I, I feel like the first season there was a bit of a, a novelty factor really going to all these like mad places it felt like like boring ward places like that um but then when you're getting beat nearly every week it's it soon wears off doesn't it um you know against like part-time teams and stuff um but yeah certainly the the standard at this level now is is so good isn't it and it's just ludicrous how there's only one automatic promotion place yeah it's madness isn't it so so you're going into your second year now so what's the do you know what's happening this coming year what what type of stuff you'll be up to um yeah I, I think it should be pretty busy um I think the workload will definitely step up from first year um 
but as part of my course I'm doing an NCTJ diploma um so for those that don't know it's like um an industry accreditation um and some employers like you to have that it incorporates like your shorthand uh, media law um all stuff like that and basically shows you know you you're qualified kind of um so that's going to take quite a lot of work alongside my lectures um but I've also got a few bits of work on the side, like the things we've spoken about with Morecambe. Um, I'm hoping to be a bit more involved with Radio Lancashire. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and a, a few bits and pieces here and there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a busy year, but um, it should be an enjoyable one. So when you get to the, fin- the end of the third year, how do they, how do they mark you? Do, you? do you do like a... Uh, I'm guessing you don't do a traditional dissertation. Is it is it a bit of a mix of body of work and things like that? Yeah, I'm not actually 100% sure. I know most of the, the course is coursework-based work and I, I don't think it would be a traditional dissertation. Um, I know certainly like friends I've got at other universities have done like documentary stuff like that. So I'm not sure if it's something similar. I've not looked ahead too much, but um we do the odd exams here and there. Uh, media law has to be assessed by exam and ethics, which I'll uh, do this year. But most of it is coursework, which is really good. And I think it's important in an industry like this that, that you know, most of the stuff you're actually going out and doing it and getting assessed by, by doing that, because I feel like it's the best way to learn, you know, practical skills. Yeah, totally. So, so going to Chesterfield kind of this season then, I suppose when the season kicks, kicks off and, and ramps up well season has kicked off but once it ramps up a bit more and you've you're back at uni and stuff like that the access to Chesterfield matches I'm guessing that's but I suppose you're watching more Morecambe games are you than you are Chesterfield ones yeah I think I'm going to struggle this year um to get back to a lot of Chesterfield games last season I, I did well and I managed to get um to quite a few um as well as going to watch Morecambe here and there as well and and other bits um but I'm hopefully gonna uh, like schedule in a few away games and stuff I want to go to Woking because I've not been and didn't go last season uh because that was my freshers week uh so a couple of new grounds here and there um, and obviously coming back for the home games when I can I'll still be able to go to games around Christmas uh which will be good but yeah it's just a, a balancing act really isn't it trying to to do a bit of everything so what would be your assessment of the season so far for Chesterfield? Well, yeah, it's been a really good start, hasn't it? Um, I've been impressed with like how quickly the players have gelled because there's been a lot of new additions. Uh, but I think what's what's probably even more impressive is the way that players that were there before have raised their game so much. And, you know, the likes of Mandeville, he looks so much fitter and Quigley has been a completely changed player. And, you know, I could go on. I've been really impressed with the start. And I mean, there haven't been been too many uh, like bad things really that have happened. Obviously the, the Covel and red card changed the game at Dorking and conceding two goals at Notts County was disappointing. But other than that, and I mean, there's obviously the Hallam Hope incident, which, you know, we only know what we know at this stage um, and can't comment. But if the allegations are true, obviously that's a really bad thing and, and disappointing. But yeah, like other than those, it's been really positive, hasn't it? I've, I've been you know, impressed with the style of football that we've played um, and like we've won games in different ways, like Altrincham away, it was so hard fought and 
you know, it was a big test coming from behind as well, um, you know, to get that win. So, yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with the way we've started, but we're going to have to keep it up uh, because the league is horrendously competitive and Wrexham, Notts and Solihull will be really close and not far behind us at all. Yeah, it's, it is going to be a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? It's all like last year. Uh, we had a really good first half of the season. Wrexham had a really good second half of the season, but neither of us could do it all the way through. So uh, hence you end up with Stockport winning it, don't you? So uh, like you say, I've, I've been very impressed with how they're all knitted together so quickly. And they seem like a, they seem like a likeable bunch of players that seem to, and that like rapport between the, the fans and the supporters and the management and everything else all seems really good. Um so it is an exciting, kind of exciting times again, isn't it? After after various rocky things over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, you've summed it up quite well there. Um, yeah, I feel like the the relationship between the fans and, and the players is is so good. I feel like Oldham encapsulated that um in like the the scenes at the end of the game I like the videos that the club are putting out of like the the celebrations and stuff like that uh, with the fans at the end of the game thinking ahead like in a decade's time from now uh obviously we don't know what's going to happen this season but in a decade's time from now if you look back at this team who will be like the legend in this team are there any players that you think will stand the test of time in in a decade putting you well on the spot yeah um well I think well I think he's probably going to go in January but obviously you've got to look at Kabongo and how prolific he's been so far um obviously before his injury last season um but yeah if he starts firing again you know he's he really is one of a kind at this level like the whole deadline day saga is just ridiculous wasn't it but selfishly I'm I'm glad that we've held on to him and his goals could be the difference for us um yeah thinking about players that I think will stand out I feel like Banks and Old Acre you know I feel like they could be ones we look back at like we did with Sam Morsey and Jimmy Ryan um you know I think that that obviously big shoes for them both to fill, but I think their partnership's been fantastic so far this season and, and they've been absolutely key to how well we've played. So, yeah, on, on the spot, I feel like those are two that, that we could really look back on and, and think have been key to what's hopefully going to be a successful season. It's interesting with Ollie Banks because obviously I spoke to him like in between uh, when he was still at Barrow and it's it, now he's kind of said to me, oh, I actually kind of knew that I was coming back when you spoke to me <laughs> and I was like That's a bit cheeky that, that he knew but he, he, he wasn't kind of giving it away but you kind of tell at the time the way he was speaking that actually having like young family and living around kind of Barnsley way and being like what 29 you think he's 30 isn't he next birthday so you kind of think with someone like Ollie Banks I'm, I'm I feel in that secure position that we've got a really good player that actually wouldn't really be interested in moving uh, so you could easily see him being at the club for the next four or five years or something uh, and kind of and playing a few hundred games really over the next couple of seasons. It's interesting, isn't it? You get those players that pass through, don't you? Like Armando Dobber will probably pass through relatively quickly, maybe. And like say, Rongo Shimango will probably be off in January. But interesting, those players that probably will be around for a while, like, you don't know, Jeff King might end up staying around for like five years or something if we kind of continue progressing the same way but it's interesting when I spoke to Paul Cook and he was 
kind of emphasizing that, you know, someone's uh, speed of travel is not necessarily the same, has to be the same speed of travel as the club speed of travel for you to kind of get that continuity. Whereas obviously the last time Cook was here, his speed of travel was, he saw it was going a bit quicker than, than Chesterfield's was after Dave Allen sold the whole team. Uh, what do you make to Paul Cook being back? Yeah, um, at the time it was obviously surreal to have him back because I'd say um, his time at the club in his first spell was probably the best time, even though obviously we won the league under Sheridan and the JPT, but, you know, getting into the League One playoffs under Cookie and winning the league the, the previous season, I'd say they were probably my best memories and I really loved that team. And because I was a bit older as well, I remembered a bit more you know, from the games and and that season. So, yeah, it was just mental, really, um, to see him come back. I guess I was a little bit sceptical because although he's managed um, Southport at this level before, obviously the division's changed so much um, and it's just completely different now to what it was at that time. Um, but I felt that it was crucial that we kept Danny Webb on um, because he has that knowledge of the National League. I think he was involved uh, with Orient when they won it. Um, with Justin Edinburgh um, so yeah I was really pleased that that Danny Webb was staying on as well and um, and you know you you have to feel with Cook as, as well you know he knows how to win leagues and you know he knows how to put together a, a really good team that, mm. that can play really good football um, so yeah I was just overall pleased obviously he was dealt a pretty difficult hand um, it's probably an understatement to say his first game officially in charge was that Weymouth one when Cabongo had that horrendous injury um, but I think already he was a bit up against it you know with some of the players probably running to the ground a little bit um, beforehand and obviously all the turbulation of the James Rowe exit and stuff it was a really difficult uh, time for Cook to take over and a lot of people you know were questioning and I think some were calling for his head as well at the end of last season um, but I think he's he's definitely you know proved at the start of this season um, you know that that he's still a class manager some like questioned whether Liam Richardson was like the Liam Richardson sorry yeah. was like the brains behind the pair of them um, because obviously he's doing fantastic things at Wigan uh, but yeah I'm, I'm just really pleased that he's back and you know him Danny Webb and Gary Roberts have got something really good going on evidently with how well we've started the season. You obviously you're quite a while away before you uh, graduate and everything so you've got plenty of stuff to try uh, and have a go at over the next uh, uh, few years but what so what in your ideal kind of job what would what would you like to kind of slip into once you've uh once you've graduated oh I don't know it's a tough one um I feel like I change my mind with this like every week <laughs> with trying new new things um but I really get a good buzz out of broadcasting uh like doing radio updates stuff like that um and I tried a bit of commentary in the summer um off air for Radio Lancashire just practicing I did um Preston against Leicester in pre-season and, and that was really fun and to to have like a first proper go at that and um, I'd like to do something um you know where I'm I'm covering different teams every week different leagues um like Adam Summerton I does suppose I suppose like doing the National League then last night I think he did um Spurs Marseille didn't he uh, doing loads of different levels of football I think that'd be be really good just something where there's plenty of change and um 
you know, plenty to keep me occupied, but it's sport. So, you know, it'll always be moving really fast. And do you want to stay in just football or are you quite, because you've obviously done bits of, I've seen you in British cycling and <laughs> the flight, yeah, I um, like to have a, have a go at other sports. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm quite a big cricket and boxing fan. Um, when people ask me like what my main sports are, I always say those three. Um, and I was lucky enough to go to the first mm-hmm. test match of the summer, um, England, New Zealand at Lords, and I was working with SEN, um, who are the rights holders in New Zealand. So there was a whole commentary team and stuff, and I was learning bits off them. You know, that was an amazing experience. Like possibly if I could work across everything um, as like a general sports writer or reporter, something like that would be amazing. Um, and I've always like grown up watching boxing as well and I, I like going to fights and things but I've never really done anything in in the media um in terms of that sport but yeah just plenty of variety I suppose it's you're fortunate in it's a career where you can just kind of do the bits that are fun and just kind of mold together some kind of <laughs> career for yourself can't you in terms of you can just like pick and mix lots of different uh sports and disciplines and stuff like that and just kind of go with it and and see where it ends up yeah definitely and I suppose as a freelancer which is basically what I'm doing now I'm hoping to be doing some stuff with the WSL next season uh some interviews and that um and then this with Radio Lancashire Morecambe um, and things like that there should be a good variety and you know hopefully when I graduate you know if I feel like I want to be freelance I guess I can pick and choose the kind of bits that I want to do and that could suit me but you know either way a a job could come along that I really like and and you know I could go into something full-time who knows but luckily there's plenty of time to still you know decide and mull over that. So hopes for the hopes for the Chesterfield season then I suppose it's just promotion yeah anyway the playoffs would be incredibly stressful uh but yeah just just promotion anyway um what is this, a fifth season in the National League? Uh, yeah, it'd be fantastic to get out of it. Um, and I was talking to my dad the other day about the season and stuff. And I said, like, if we were to get promoted, it'd mean more than, to me than both times we've won League Two, which probably sounds a bit mad, but it'd kind of be like the relief of getting out of it and and seeing like the club at its lowest moments. Um, like certainly the, the first couple of seasons in the National League, um, I went to nearly every game. I've been to like Dover away and Bore and Ward loads of times, stuff like that. So I feel like I've really seen the club at its lowest point. And, you know, there's been times where I thought we, we might not have one to support up. So just to to get out of the National League and back into the Football League, I think it'd, it'd mean, mean the most to me, really. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what the celebration will be like when we finally do get back in because like you say it's uh I think we, we saw a peak of what it meant to kind of Stockport fans last year because they'd waited so long and all right we've not waited as long as Rex and have what are they in like 15th season, yeah, 15th season. but um but I mean five is more than enough isn't it oh yeah <laughs> this so, level. yeah I just think you know with the stress of the playoffs, we've had had a couple of se- the last couple of seasons. You know, if we were to get to the final or be involved in like penalties, like Hartlepool and Torquay were, like I don't think I could take it. It'd be absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yeah, the top spot. It has to be top spot. Like you say, we've had the last few seasons in playoffs. Don't want another season in the 
Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll snap your hand off for it now if we can win them. Just promotion at any cost. But obviously, we've got to be going for that title, haven't we? Yeah, totally. Great. Well, thanks so much for uh, for coming on, and uh, um, and yeah, fingers crossed for the season, both both for Chesterfield and for whatever you get up to next. Yeah, thank you very much. Chesterfield corner. King takes it. Oh, it's in! What a brilliant header! It's Danny Rowe! Rowe. Clever ball. King with the chance to cross. Oh, what a goal! It's absolutely emphatic. The time of the goal is so important.